0: Holy shit, we be Portugal. <laughs> Welcome back to the Serena Football Show. And let's go. <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing today? Uh, this is Milos, your host of the Serena Football Show. We're back. We had to return for this historic moment, of course. It's been a long time. Uh, but we had to all get together again just to celebrate and discuss what we all witnessed on Sunday. Of course, as always, I'm joined by a couple of good friends here. Uh, first, we have Luca from. I think here in beautiful Miami this week. Luca, how how are you feeling? How's everything right now?
1: Hey man, uh, life couldn't be better right now, man. the The sun is shining in Miami, uh, beautiful weather, and we get to go to the World Cup, man, in Qatar. Uh, I, yeah,
0: it's n- no no words can describe. You're
1: right, it. <laughs> you're right, man. And
0: then also we have uh, our man Valley joining us from also sunny Adelaide, Australia. Valley, how are you feeling, my man? Far out
2: man, like I've missed you guys all, sitting here talking to you three, I feel luckier than Predrag Rajkovic's son in the hands of Lionel Messi, that's how lucky I feel.
0: <laughs> oh man, glad, glad that we're all back and uh, also our man Alexa joining us from uh, probably not so sunny and warm Belgrade, Serbia, Alexa, how are you doing tonight?
3: doing absolutely wonderfully in this crappy November evening in a month that I usually hate, but I'm doing great. And if I may, I'd like to just take up a quick minute before we get into the nitty gritty and before we start drooling all over how well we played. Because we do have a small explanation to our listening base, which is not small. Uh, we've been away for a while uh we're aware of that a lot of stuff's happening in the meantime luca has become a master of cryptocurrency that's right and has actually started to do well the valley despite the fact most of us assume that he is a beer chugging maniac still has some business that he has to take care of because he has to pay for all the trips he's going to have and he has been efficient with that milos that's has had lovely things lovely things go on in his personal life along with increased traffic on his twitter page and i myself have decided to take college seriously and i've started to do well in it which is to showcase how our educational system has collapsed. There are things that have <laughs> happened in the meantime, the lack of technical awareness that we've had because we've depended on Luca to do the show and just a lot of stuff's gone on and we know we've been away for a while, but uh, as soon as the game ended on Sunday night, we immediately started texting each other and the love and the, the happiness we had for ourselves and for everybody came back and we said, we have to do a show and uh, we've been away for a bit, but uh, when you come back after a long absence, uh, it only makes it So. Hopefully, all the listeners here understand that. Hopefully, we're going to make this more frequent. And uh, now that that's done, we can go ahead and we can talk about the magnificence we saw uh, two nights ago, which none of us can still believe. So, meush that out of the way. I leave it over to you.
0: Great words, Alexa. Yes, great to be back. Um, you know, what? What? Let's talk about the game on Sunday. Uh, you know, we can talk about all the qual the whole qualifying campaign. Great campaign, undefeated campaign, of course, but. We, we've we talked about this uh, before on the podcast. Velia, I believe you mentioned this many times that we need to take a scalp. We need to beat one of the big teams. We hadn't beaten the big team in 11 years since we beat uh, Germany at, at the World Cup in South Africa. And we finally did it again. And this time we did it in a dominant fashion. I'm sure we all remember the game against Germany. It wasn't exactly dominant. It wasn't exactly comfortable. It was pretty uh, tense and stressful. But this game... I would, I would say that we were the better team throughout. And we were in Lisbon in front of 60,000 Portuguese fans
3: uh, against
0: all odds. They were the favorites. Uh, their whole team was healthy. They just had Pepe, uh, Pep out with, with the red card. But, I mean, what, what more can you say? One of the, if not the greatest performance I've seen in my life from the national team. I've never been so proud. I literally cried like a little girl for... Five, ten minutes after the game, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. It was amazing, and it's exactly what we needed. Uh, This is something that we have been waiting for forever, and it's amazing that our team finally gave us a performance that we knew for so long they were capable of giving us. You know, all these years, we've seen disappointments, we've seen poor play, failure after failure, and things not clicking, but that whole time we knew that they could do way better and this is why we thought that because clearly i mean the team's not different this is the exact same team pretty much that played in the last qualifiers that you know was so poor against scotland and had a rough nations league and, and the qualifying campaign and all that right this the exact same team there's no there's very little difference maybe there's a lot which is a difference but that's very little is different now than was during the last qualifiers The only thing that is different is the manager that's all we can say pixie has come in brought authority brought confidence but brought self-belief and a plan and the players love him and respect them and he's made all the difference and it's amazing to see and uh you know this is just a start i believe even you know today he's saying that this is just the beginning the first chapter and i believe he's right i mean he's he's here for the long term He's not going anywhere. He has a plan. And the players are have all more than bought in. We saw, our, we saw our, one of our best performances ever on Sunday. And, and, you know, we won in spectacular fashion. The players are, are at an all-time high in confidence. Are, we're also at an all-time high in, in talent, I believe, as well. And right now, this is our prime. I believe that the next year's World Cup and then the Euros after will be a big chance for us to do something special because this generation is coming into its prime, into its own, and we can, you know, we showed on Sunday that we can play with anybody. Luca, what were your uh, thoughts on the game and, and your general feelings right now? Uh,
1: before I begin, man, I, there is something I need to say. Uh, to all the doubters, whoever doubted, like, that we had a talented team or the quality of players to compete and win and do something big, I think that's all been erased now, or at least it should be. Because before, it was always, like, oh, our players are just not good enough, they don't care, whatever it may be, but mostly it was about the quality of the players that we have. And I was always on the side of, hey, these players are good enough, they just need a belief. And finally, it looks like they have the belief to win. You don't just go into Lisbon, into the home of one of the best teams in Europe, in the world, and win like that. You just don't do it. You need a self-belief. And right after uh, the game, um, I I was getting trying to find anything I can, getting my hands on anything I can to listen to, uh, any sort of commentary on what, what I just witnessed. You know, I was in, I was in the mood, obviously feeling good and just wanted to, uh, keep the adrenaline and the dopamine coming. So, um, you know, I, I, I was listening to, uh, uh, Pixie gave an interview outside the hotel after the, uh, after the win. And, um, he said, obviously you need to be an optimist in football and you need to, uh, Believe that you're going to win and you need to believe that you can dominate with your style of play Which is just so much different. That's that's kind of been his message throughout these qualifying And that's his philosophy um, On football, but it's just so damn refreshing to hear that and it's been refreshing to hear that but now that it's actually like culminated in a In a victory in Lisbon that took, took us to the World Cup is just that much sweeter um, Now going to the game uh, obviously, you know, second minute guys, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, it, I think everybody had that feeling as soon as the, <laughs> as soon as they scored that goal and we didn't get that, uh, foul called, um, always oh, you're going to be like, it's going to be another one of those games, man, where it just all falls apart. It's just, a, it's too big of a moment. The nerves are getting to them. Uh, w- whatever, whatever you want to use as an excuse, you know, I thought of, it definitely went through my mind. Um, even I saw, a uh, Pixie out of character on the sideline, uh, yelling at the ref and getting a yellow card, you know, usually extremely calm presence on the, on the sideline. And I just thought it was going to be another one of those moments. And let's also be honest, that foul on a uh, I mean, obviously look, that foul would have been called 99 out of a hundred times for any yeah, time. How,
0: how do you not call that in the second minute? Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, like, exactly. Like, man. Even, even if it's not a foul, it would have been called a foul. Any ref would have called that. So. I thought I thought it was going to be you know one of those times again, but then what I saw right after that, what just kind of blew my mind, man. Especially in that first half, uh, we got got up, got our heads together. We were in the game right away, starting to possess the ball, starting to dominate. Every time we were in possession, we looked dangerous, stringing passes together. Um, the Portuguese were just on the back foot; they had no answer for the for the pressure. And obviously, we know in the thirty third minute, um, culminated in a goal. Uh, Beautiful shot by uh, Tadic. Obviously deflected a little bit, but went in. Uh, Rui Patricio couldn't keep it out. Um, and, you know, at halftime, I texted my brother, who was also watching the game, and I said, you know, I told him, look, we got this. Like, not not, not in, that, in that concise sense, but we're playing really well, and this is extremely doable. Um, and then, obviously, we know what happened, man, when Mitros put in that 90th-minute goal. But, uh, look, at the end of the day, the better team won. You can't deny that. Just like looking at the s- stats, you go to Lisbon, you outshoot, you outpossess, you outpass uh, Portugal with superstar Portugal. I mean, you just don't do that, man. And and it it, it it goes to the confidence of this team. It goes to the confidence of the manager and the players of this team, and it goes to the just to the overall belief. That we, we can and should play with the best in the world. I believe after the game, they were singing, we won Brazil next. Um, so, you know, it just, it's just beautiful, beautiful to see, man. And um, there's just some people I need to give a shout out to. Obviously, Pixie. None of this would be uh, possible without his input, without his desire to win, without his belief that we're going to win, um, and his management style. Obviously, you can see the players... Trust the hell out of him. Obviously, you can see he has a great relationship with them. And that just comes from being a, a great you know, football player of our nation. Um, and he knows the mindset of the players and how they need to be psyched up and how to get that belief system in them. I mean, he gets them laughing. He gets them in the mood to, for the big game. He, he gets them concentrated on the task. He gets them concentrated, more. most importantly, on the style of play that we all want to see, that attacking style of play. We've always had... At least recently, we've had attacking players that we just never utilized. And now we're finally utilizing them in a proper manner that really, really suits our game. Other than, other than Stojkovic, and obviously the, the, the whole team played great, but I have to give a shout out to an unsung hero, I believe, uh, during that match. And that was, um, was Pavlovic in, in defense. I mean, if I'm, a, if I'm a club manager and I'm watching that game, I'm doing, of any club, I'm doing whatever I can to sign that kid because he was an absolute monster, a rock, a whatever, a tower, whatever you want to call him in defense, man. I mean, I was so damn impressed. He was all over the pitch, bombing forward. Uh, obviously, we know he's extremely young, so he's only going to get better. But from what I saw in that game, his desire to win was just perhaps even greater than anybody else on there. And I'll stop ranting right there. All I want to say is I'm extremely, extremely happy, and I just can't wait to see what the ceiling is for this team because the quality is there and now we finally have a man in charge um, that is getting the best out of these players in a system that we all love watching.
0: It's beautiful, man. Great points, Luca. And you're, you're completely right. We were the better team in this game. And if you go back to the first game against Portugal and Belgrade, we were the better team in the second half. So we, so altogether, we were the better team in three of the four halves in, in this most important tie of this group. And with that, you have to say that we deserve to go first. We deserve to go uh, top of the group, and we deserve to go directly to the World Cup. Now, some Portuguese fans might be a little bit upset still about what happened in Belgrade and the last-minute goal and whatnot. But let's be serious. Uh, they you know, the the refs stayed, stayed them against Ireland twice. If you remember, their okay. first game right. uh, in our, against Ireland at home, and then the one in in Ireland as well, where they gave them, you know, gave that foul on the goalie. When Ireland scored in the ninety third minute, so and and also the first goal against us, I mean, that was a foul that shouldn't have counted. Right. So it is what it is. Everything comes back. Everything's equal. They can't say that they're better than us. There's no way they can say for a straight face that they played better than us in those two games, and we deserve it. Belly, I want to get over to you now. I know you are a long-time fan. You, you're a lot older than the rest of us, so you remember even the good times back uh, in 1990 at the, at the World Cup of Pixie. So how are you feeling? What kind of emotions are going through your head? <coughs> Boys, and you know, all of our listeners know that I'm the gender of this
2: group, right? I'm 127 years of age. So life does teach you a few things. And to experience the highest of highs you have to experience the lowest of lows and just over a year ago we got together quite bravely mind you and i think we showed a lot of courage after the scotland game and we would i was we were we were distraught um i actually i've actually had some feedback that after the scotland game the podcast that we did was actually really quality passionate um viewing even though the result didn't go our way but now we are in a state of real optimism we are in a state of real um anticipation where we can look forward and hold our heads high and possibly we are not on the crest of the wave but we see the wave a few meters behind us and i strongly suggest to us all that we get on the thing is, what is so evident now is that the mentality is starting to change. And maybe later in the podcast, I I, I, I I can raise a second point, but it is quite evident that the mentality is trying to change. We've all seen now the Twitter clips. We've all seen now the... Um, uh, uh, you know, the comments that Dragon which has made, you know, Kakobre, Eventualnibre, mutual, Qatar, he, 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 um, all the similar ones. What is, I believe that has happened now is we are starting to, and look, I spoke to you uh, personally after the game on Monday, right. and, oh, Monday morning, my time, and even though it's 20, too late, 20 years too late, NECA, you know, like yeah, we, go. we don't have that song Castomar, Costis no Kosovo, for no reason. You know what I mean? Like at times it just takes takes us it takes us a little while longer, but when we do it, I believe that we'll do it properly and I believe that we'll do it better than anyone else around us. There are two significant moments, not just in the Portugal game, the last one, but in the quali- in the qualifying campaign, because at the end of the day we needed to get to be level on points with Portugal to make that last game um, mean something. And I think this is where things have, have shown evidence of real change. Number one was the second half versus Portugal uh, in in Belgrade. So there must have been something that was said. And I think, you know, it's been um, uh, we, we, um, on a previous podcast, even though we've had a break, we discussed that there must have been something said to give the guys courage in the second half to, to show them, to get the message across to them that a comeback is on offer if we do these certain things right. And the other one that I think a lot of people do miss, and I'm not saying that as a um, criticism, rather than a, uh, I just say a rather than a comment, is I believe that Dragan Stojkovic installed a calm into the team. And nothing was more evident than the island game that we played in Dublin. And let's face it, we conceded a goal that was worse defending than my comedy, right? It was really, really bad. But somehow he must have installed a calm into the team to say, you know what, these things happen. And what are we going to focus on? Are we going to focus on that own goal that we conceded? Or are we going to focus on the 85 minutes of which we absolutely dominated? I remember a previous Irish um, manager, you know, like um, uh, comment, commented after the game uh, for the Serbian island game in Dublin. He said, Guys, just get your head around this. We were battered. We were battered by a far better side that on this form we will go to the World Cup. And Dragan Stojkovic and Brian Kerr, there was the ex manager of the Republic of Ireland, both got it right. We both went. And what is really evident, I'm not sure if many uh, of our listeners have saw the Twitter feed of which when Dragan Stojkovic had the uh, interview with uh, Jovana, she did the old RTS breakfast show and the, the, the clip that he had there, he just says, I believe in what I need to do. I believe in my methods. I believe in my knowledge. I believe in my work. And then I also believe in the players that are out there. Now, the way that I saw that it was a translation was fuck off, leave me alone and um, let me do my work. And I think internally that message has got through to the FSS to let the man do his job. And we are starting to come out of the old generation of over-caution and almost fear of which we sort of now in hindsight had a little bit uh, under the Tsubakovich short reign. And we are getting to an area of positivity. We are getting to an area of optimism through hard work and faith in our players and faith in our talent. Miloša, you quite rightly said, mate, there was no real change between the um, Nations League, Scotland qualifying, European Championships qualifying, whatever it is. The, The real change was after the World Cup in Russia. So the players were basically the same. So there must have been something in between the years that was changed, that was switched on, and all credit to them. I won't harp on everything that I agree with, what Milos has just said, with Luka's just said, and as we all know, when Alexa follows me, it's a lot more intelligent than what I have to say, but I completely <laughs> see and it's evident to us all that there is a change in mentality and I call Bogda, that will rub off to the rest of the FFS FSS that will rub off to our underage teams that are having a, a rough trot at the moment and that will rub off into the nation as, as a whole, into the nation in general because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are at the start of something special. There is a lot that needs to go our way. The World Cup draw needs to go in our way. The group that we get drawn in, but we are on, we are on the start of something. And therefore I believe it's a cause of great optimism. and I believe that Dragan stojkovic's legacy will be not just with the players, but with future managers of our football teams, whether they be club or country, our representative or the underage teams. That's why I believe at this point in time that will be his legacy. He will change the mentality finally, And then we will realize the results as um, results into the future.
0: Amen, Veli. And when we won the uh, 2015 or 2020 World Cup, we were all kind of saying, you know, the 2022, 2026 is when that generation is going to be entering uh, a prime in their careers. And that's our best chance to achieve something. Well, here we are. I mean, this is 2021. We're almost there. We just saw our national team play one of the best games ever. So, as you, I think, great point there, really. I think we are on the edge of something special. And this is just the beginning. And we cannot afford to do anything to mess this up. And as you mentioned about FSS, you know, not doing anything since Stoikos took over and, and being quiet. I think the thing is, I, I, I believe that he is in, fully in charge of FSS. I think ever since, you know, kokos was pushed aside back when Stoic was started. I, I, I believe he's the president, the economist, the manager. I, I think he's fully in charge. I, I think he has full control. Uh, obviously, you know, they can't come out and say that, but I, I believe that is the case. And great, I, I'm glad he's in charge because ever since he took over, we haven't seen anything stupid. So just just keep, keep it like this and I'm sure we'll be more than fine going forward. Alexa, I know you're anxious to give us your thoughts. Uh, how, are you doing right now
3: (laughs) well i'm kind of a kind of mad at melly because he said everything i wanted to say (laughs) and so succinctly Uh, he he was absolutely wonderful in everything he said and so were both of you guys um first of all i i still can't quite believe it you know i've I've spent two days in 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 just complete shock And, and the comparison that i think is very apropos like after the norway game uh, I walked out, went to the city center, it was, I remember it was October 9th, it was three o'clock in the afternoon, it was a beautiful day, you know, there wasn't cloud in the sky, you know, the birds were flying, and, and you know, leaves were falling, people were smiling, and everything was happy, everyone was talking about the game, It was one of those, these people just don't glad to be alive, and it felt like a huge burden went off my chest, because we won a game that we were all very anxious about, very scared of. Um, and a similar thing happened here, again, went to the city and people were overjoyed. But I, I don't get, I don't have that type of feeling primarily because I still can't believe it happened. I, I kind of refuse to accept that we actually went and not just won, but won in the fashion that we did against the opponent that we did. And I think it's going to take me like five, six months. It's, it's going to take me like probably until the, the Qatar to figure out, my God, we just beat Portugal in Portugal. And yes, they've been in a different form and yes, they've had their issues. And I understand that. That they've been in a downward sort of trend since they won the title five years ago, but that is still a ridiculously stacked team, first of all. It's their most stacked generation in terms of talent that they've ever had. Second of all, you're going to a place where they haven't lost in six years. The last team they lost to at home was Albania. Then before that, it was Greece. It's like the Balkan nations have this thing against Portugal. I don't know what it is. Um, You're going in a situation where you haven't beaten a big team in 11 years. You know, you've had Belgium and Croatia, and you've had Ukraine and all these teams, and um, and you go there with knowing you have to win, knowing that, that people aren't expecting it. And another comparison I'd like to make is the one that I, I made when I was talking to, to people a few days ago before the game. Uh, when Partizan went to Newcastle back in 2003, we had lost the first leg 1-0 in the Champions League qualifiers. They were going to St. James Park, and there were journalists <laughs> that were on the plane that saw... Toribo West, and Yvinko and then Walter Mateus, who was the coach at the time, the experienced player. And they saw the confidence that they had. And then that confidence slowly transitioned over to the younger players in the team, it transitioned over to the rest of the coaching staff. And the journalist that went there many years later in an interview said something that's very apropos to this team and this current national team. They looked like a group of people that was prepared to achieve something great in a moment in time when something great was not expected of them uh or very few people expect to know you can say 14.7 percent. i know millish is going to get that reference very efficiently uh and that's kind of how it that's kind of how it felt uh if we did a poll obviously we knew how well the team played we knew that we had a team that scored goals in bunches and scored them in wonderful ways but you're going up against a team that's got you know a lot of great players and it's got at least two good players in every position and two or three great players in certain positions and your history is against you the officiating can be against you because We've seen balkan nations go up against big teams and crunch games and qualifiers and they've had the officiating just completely screw them over right you know you can remind people what happened to bosnia you know on two occasions and what's happened to slovenia and other teams in the past so if you go there and not only do you win you win convincingly i mean we had more possession more shots a better idea we crunched them in everything and uh that's the change in just the mentality that we had as all conceding in the second minute that, that most teams in the past would have crumbled but this team. Played on, played thoroughly, consistently, and when you work hard and when you work efficiently and when you make sensible decisions, you get the rewards. Like we have, like the 90th minute goal. Which again, that's another thing. What's the last time we've scored a goal in the last minute to win a game? Like seriously, against any opponent ever? I I, I don't remember in like 10 years. So that's Marcus another
0: Puntless, part. Marco Puntlech against Estonia.
3: <laughs> yeah, except that, <laughs> that uh, it, it did cross the line, but they they never counted it because we were playing in, in a snowstorm. So that's that's yeah. a different thing. Um and that's another thing that's just it's unbelievable. Uh the thing that Veli said that I thought was great in terms of and Lucas said as well, thanking all the people that were there. This one is not just pixies, and I'll get to him and how wonderfully I think he has done this whole thing in a different way. But this is the success of of guys like you know Drogsel Stepanovich who gave Lucian Tadich his break for employment. This is the success of who helped a lot of the young red-star players, the likes of R-Tonikovic and Groic and the other guys that were on the team. This is the success of Ivan Tomic, who discovered Nikola Milenkovic and gave him his push. This is the success of Sal Milošević, who gave uh, Pavlovic his big-time minutes. Of so Vukrashević, was able to drag Aleksandar Mitrovic away from the kickboxing club uh, and put him in the starting lineup at 18 years old. This is the success of you know, Marco Nikolic, who gave Sergei Milikovic first minutes in Lebanon and then let him to go in the lottery. This is the success of, of the coaching staff, which is very well assembled with guys that have been around the block. And even though they might not seem like big names and big stars, they've been around. the have who I'm sure, was brought on to the coaching staff for this game specifically. That, that nobody can convince me otherwise. This is Yvonne Jorovic, who saw the youngsters come in this team. Of, of the Japanese uh, strength coach and the fitness coach. I, I, Forgive me for I forget his name, but again, another guy that's been around with Pixie for a long time. The success of all those people, and fortunately, a lot of factors went into play. If you're looking at the factors away from the pitch, it is a very convenient and wonderful thing that FSS essentially has absolutely nobody in their offices in Pazovac. Nobody's in any position. And for the first time, maybe ever, the team had complete calmness and had a very structural and sensible environment to work in. There was no added pressure from the outside. And they went out and they were able to do what we knew they could do in those conditions, which is play really well, because we have a team, which is something that I said after 5-0 and against Ukraine that is the most talented team we've had in 20 years. And that's another trend that kind of goes against our history, but goes in flow with the times that this team does not have maybe two or three superstars like some of our teams used to have, but has a squad of 17, 18 very good players that are not only players of similar quality and of plenty of talent, but are just very good guys that are not egotistical. that are not caught up in themselves. Like for example, you look in the past, it would have been an absolute, you know, firestorm if you dropped somebody of the caliber of Alexander Mitrovic, like he was dropped in the starting lineup for this game. You know, you imagine if you drop Solomon Olszewicz or not him necessarily, but Mate Keshman or you know somebody else from the lineup, I mean, it would have been complete chaos. And he just accepts it and says, no problem, I'm gonna finish it in the second half. And you look at the way that the team was assembled the way youngsters were given an opportunity and the way that guys that were playing in good form were given chances to start. You remember the Ireland game at the start of the qualifier, the way that Dusseldorf which was in tremendous sport. No other manager before Pixie would have given him to the start. There's no way. They would have said, no, Jovic is playing for Real Madrid. Mitrovic is the most experienced, the best goal scorer. We're not going to give this kid, who is an amazing form of starting, lineup spot. Pixie gave it to him. He scores in his first chance of the game. And that's the part where I give him so much credit, because the thing that I was fearful of, which can exist when great legendary players, which he was, take over a coaching spot, is that ego can oftentimes completely overshadow them. I mean, if you know, follow the NBA, and you know that Michael Jordan, for all his greatness as a player, is a terrible owner and a terrible manager, because he's, his ego and just his, his own talent in his career makes it so that he has to see everyone else live up to it and they can't do it. And so his judgment is until yeah, pretty much, but that's for another time. But, uh, it, you know, I was fearful of that, because we've seen in other managers that were big players, like Stanislav Mikhailovich, who made complete chaos with everybody because of his ego, because of the fact that he was he's been senior better than everybody. But Pixie recognized what this team needed. He wasn't afraid to say, all right, you're formation, and the way that he implemented it made sense. I'm going to fix some things. He wasn't afraid to give Youngsters a chance. He wasn't afraid to start talking about pop. Or to stick with Imani and Milan and other guys. They maybe wouldn't have been conventional starters in that sense. And in this game on Sunday, he was not afraid to go with a formation that we probably didn't think he was gonna go with. I don't know how many people thought he was gonna go with five in the midfield. But it made perfect sense because when we went to that formation in Belgrade in the second half against Portugal, that's when we played our best game. And he he surprised Santos, I think, because he had these big statements in the media, we're gonna attack them, we're gonna take it to him. And then he does something that on first glance, maybe he doesn't seem so great. It doesn't seem so off attacking, But actually ends up being a perfect move. And the way that he was able to give new guy's opportunities. He gave Miller Spillout a chance. He gave Andre Linker-Savage a chance in the front He just relaxed his team. And he had the forward to do that because everyone looked up to him. And they know that he's a great player. And they know that he's somebody who he was experienced enough as a manager around the world where nobody could touch him. And he wasn't afraid to learn from his predecessors. Fix those things. Display his own tactical chops. And you just let these guys do what they do. And the quality of this generation, which I'll end on, has never been doubted. And these guys in the qualifiers for Russia, we had five or six comebacks when we were a goal down to either win games or draw games. This is a team, like you said, that was a part of the generation that won the Under-20 World Cup, and won the Under-19 European Championship. This is a team of guys that, for all the chaos about the money that was given to them, immediately gave that money uh, to, to charity, or at least hoped for that money to go to charity. The guys that, Work very hard and that, you know, sign autographs and are model citizens and don't drink and don't smoke and don't make stupid, chaotic things away from the pitch. And the talent is obvious and it's always been there. It was just about letting them do it. And a little bit of luck went their way and they just started to win a few games that they needed to win. And the end result was the performance on Sunday, which is the best performance I've seen. It's one thing when you dominate against Wales or Austria and Norway in good teams but it's another thing entirely to take it to a team that still, for all of its faults, is a top 10 team in the world and certainly a top five or top 16 in the world. So it's a second consecutive World Cup appearance. And it's something that, of course, there's time until Qatar. there's time for people to get reelected in the FSS, there's more money to be in state, pressure's gonna grow. But if there's ever a generation of players and if there's ever a person or an authority or a personality that can handle all of that, I do believe it's Bixie, and I do believe that he wants to stay here for a long time I do believe that he relishes in that prospect. And I think that he's not phased by it. He looks so calm and composed. And some of the statements he was making during the qualifiers made me kind of raise an eyebrow because it was very different to what we get used to seeing. And I said, all right, you kind go back it up. But every single time he was able to back it up. And that's why he's a great personality and a leader and why people look up to him and why we're we sitting here commenting. So he deserves credit for believing in himself, but also all the credit for not being afraid to learn from his mistakes and make change and do whatever's right and all the players as well we can get into the nitty-gritty and the tactical performances and the individual greatness of all the players we will do in a bit but it's just an amazing feeling to see a group of people working hard being fair being honest with each other being honest towards the craft that they love and seeing that get rewarded and the feeling that i have is something that is just incredible i've been smiling like a fool and i will be smiling like a fool until the draw i mean i've had all day long FIFA rankings and I'm looking at what pot we're gonna be in and this is the kind of stuff you dream of. This is why you become a football fan. This is why you're on your national team. And anybody that says international football is overrated, they haven't got a pot piston or a winner to throw it out of because I don't know of any feeling the feeling I had after the final whistle said they got I rolled my ankle as all the proof. So I think yeah, I mean, and, that's enough for me.
0: And what about all the people who said that uh people in Serbia don't care about the national team? Yeah, they were the same people who were all on the on the street celebrating, exactly right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Remember those comments? People are going to care more about the for basketball long of the derby. at
3: air, the airport as well, mind you. That went on and for them outside the airport
0: with uh, the horns and everything. So. Yeah, we're that, always
3: yeah. a nation of great principle. You know that.
0: Right? Remember, people are saying uh, the day up. People are going to care more about the basketball derby game. Yeah, I don't hear anybody talking about that at all. Well,
3: anybody... it depends on who you ask. But
2: uh... yeah, well, right, let me. Let, can I just? Can I just still say, out of experience, and it's got. I'm only just doing that out of personal memories that I have. I've been to the European Championships for volleyball, for basketball, the World Champs for basketball. I've been to Davis Cup ties. Football is still number one, us. And that's, that's how far. it is, right? And we still have so much love and admiration, which you still can't um, express in words for all those other sports, and rightly so, but football is still number one. So, um, you know, when the guys came back from the kids came back from New Zealand and they had all those, you know, there was a the largest, of of the largest
0: and, one ever was that yeah, 2015. Foot, the football, that, football is still the debate. There's no debate. The, 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 U, the under 20s had the craziest, largest don't check, of all of them. Absolutely. The, the only one Novak. that's
3: comparable is the one that Novak had when he won Wimbledon. Even then, exactly. It was like, you know,
0: a All thing. these comments of people saying, "Oh, people certainly don't care about the national team. They don't care about football." It's, it's, it's BS. They only don't. They pretend they don't care because we weren't doing well. But as soon as there's even a little slither of positive positivity, you see the euphoria start. You see the bandwagon come back. It, it's just the way it is. Like you can. Nobody will ever be able to convince me that. And by the, the way that doesn't sport. have
3: to be a bad thing I don't blame people for being disenchanted I don't like we said we That's talked great. about the guitar friendly before the Portugal game I don't blame there for being very few people in the stadium because the ticket prices and the scheduling of the game and all that but it's about being consistent and being fair and if it was ever a team that deserved its support like I would be greatly disappointed if in March when we will have our friendlies and hopefully we have them here that the stadium is not at least mostly full because there's one team that deserves it I mean, come on now. Like, I understand you yeah. like that, like, at this, this and
2: all that. It, it's not like your clubs are much better and get your pay. But Alexa, that. Alexa, Alexa, don't... Well, I'm not talking to you personally, obviously, but I'm just saying, this, don't put it out of reach of the common man.
1: Also you true. know what I mean? That's, yep.
2: that's the thing. You're like, Luca and I, we went to go watch the Portugal game at home and we're pissing ourselves laughing how cheap it is, but we don't live there. Right? So don't... don't um, Put it out of the reach of the common man. I hope that those friendlies are um, a uh, present or an offer to the, the young boys and girls and all that type of stuff. Well, actually, you know, for young boys and girls, it's easier to go watch a game now because all we need to do is get suspended and we can put in 14-year-old kids anyway. But, um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, like those young boys and girls who want to, have, want to look at their heroes, who they don't see every week. Um, because thankfully, the the next World Cup has been um, again agreed to be shown on RTS. One of the things that my only small sad point about the the Portugal game was not in ev- not everyone in Serbia could watch it because Alex, am I right? It wasn't on RTS, was it? No, it
3: wasn't. It was on it was a Nova, which is a Nova, uh, yeah, which is a pay
2: TV in, channel, yeah. yeah. So you know, what I mean, like I just hope that all our young young kids. And people who don't always get the chance to go can go uh, towards those friendly games and um, and cheer the national team on and wear the colors and and
0: see their heroes. Right. This is a yeah. This is a historic opportunity to get the fan base back to where it was before. And let me tell you guys something. Today in the playgrounds, when kids in Serbia are playing football, they're not scoring goals and pretending to be Messi or Ronaldo. They're all pretending to be Mitrovic right now because of Absolutely. what happened on Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a moment that you have to catch in a bottle and make that the catalyst for the next generation, the next 20 years, because this is something we cannot mess up. We can't afford to mess this up. This is the new new thing that should start another revolution in football in our country, and hopefully it does. And I'll also add, uh, I mean, Alex, you made a great point about the confidence. If you guys remember when, when we did the podcast and we talked about you know, the Pixie getting hired and, you know, people's reaction to his first interview. Remember all those, uh, and all those uh, comments and the articles about him sounding too confident and arrogant? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, remember that? And people actually criticizing that he was saying that we should do well, that we have the best team and one of the best teams in, in Europe and all that. And looking back now, he was completely correct. Uh, he was just being realistic, being honest, and he believed in himself and in the players and the team even before he met the team, because that interview was done the day he was hired, which was, I believe, two weeks before the first meeting with the players. So, uh, I mean, it's stupid thinking back, but that's actually something that he was being criticized for back then. And then if you look back on uh, Saturday night, the day before the game, the players are out, they're all smiling, they look relaxed, looks like they're about to play Azerbaijan the next day and not Portugal. And that is exactly what he brought into the team. That confidence, the calmness, the self-belief, as already mentioned earlier, it's something that you know you you can't you can't really just you can't quantify with words. <laughs> it's just the way the demeanor of the team is way different,
2: and so he's I done think, all that. I think and, one of the great examples of this. Sorry, Milo Shea, if I could just pretty please add this. The great examples was when Mitrovic was put on the bench, right? I think. What this is, the big one and another massive indicator is this. It was obviously through all the commentary after the game, it was explained to Arto Mitrovic, you are not starting, but you have an extremely important role to play. The game goes for 90 minutes, and I'm going to put you on where I believe the game will be won. So I believe it's those uh, that that line of communication, that explanation to players who have been dropped because Alex made those points in the past. They wouldn't have dropped him or they wouldn't have dropped him or they wouldn't have dropped him. He's able to say, okay, you're not starting, but you have the, one of the most important roles in the team to play. You need to finish this game for us. You need to turn this game for us. You need to change this game for us. At times I see that. That's what he does with Radonjic as well. He's obviously you know made some type of communication to him that you're some type of pinch hitter um to you know to make a spark or a stimulus or a catalyst for something else um in, in a second half so i believe that's another evidential um factor that has changed to change our national
1: team hey, as well valley for sure man even even pixie said it in the interview right after the game the next day at the hotel he even said the journalist asked him when did you tell uh, Mitrovic that he wasn't going to start? And um, Pixie said, you know, I, I, we were just w- taking a walk, and I pulled him aside, and I said to him very calmly, look, this game w- is not going to be decided in the first half. It's going to be decided in the second half, I'm, and I'm going to put you on in, in the second half, and you're going to have a chance to uh, decide this game for us. And that's exactly how it went, man. And like like you said, Billy, like, that communication... Is just paramount to the to the healthiness that, that this team shows in, in how they play and, and and in how they interact with themselves and with the manager. And then um, just one more point on on uh, Milish what you said about um, Pixie with that interview, that interview when he first got hired, right? And 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 then how he was being, how the journalists were saying he was overly confident and everything. I mean, look, guys this this generation of players was just screaming for somebody like that and i believe we gave pixie on this podcast praise when we talked about that first interview about wow man that is just so damn refreshing to hear because all we hear is like you know we'll do our best and we'll go out there and give them a hard game and all of this and then you see the formation there's like uh it's overly defensive and you know people are not playing where they should be playing or certain people are not in the game and so, like, this generation of, of players were just screaming for a manager like Pixie and, 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 and for the philosophy that he brings. And I think that just shows in, in their style of play and in their demeanor and, and everything
0: else. Damn right, Luca. And the sign of a great team in every single sport is that next man up mentality. If you look at our game against Portugal, there was no... Not teacher, he was injured... So, you bring in Vig- Milos Vekic, who doesn't play much. He has a very important role in the center of the fence. Big pressure game. Gets the job done. Uh, injury to Olazovic. Injury to Juricic. No, Nobody played right wing back. You put in Andrzej who has almost never played that position before. He comes in, he puts in a good has shift. Has
3: never played that position before.
0: Great,
1: great have put, put in a shift, though, man. That was impressive.
0: Exactly. They put in the shift. That's it. The next man up mentality. The whole team believes... I believe. And look, what Spice came in the game. Yes, man. He injured Vic, and he was and he great. great as well. He was great. Like this is. It doesn't matter who is playing. Doesn't matter what position they're in. Look at Sasha Lukic. Obviously, you talk all the time about Sasha Lukic. You know, he's playing out of position. He's better playing forward, and that may be true. Yes, he is p- better playing forward, but. Look at the game he played against Portugal. He didn't play forward. He made me eat my words. I mean, he absolutely yeah. made me eat a bag of crap because he was the
3: he best played guy
0: that amazing. He played the He played amazing. His best game ever for a national team, except for that one half against Romania in the national league. When he looked like Messi. But this was his best game for a national team. He played in a defensive role. He covered the defense so well. He was amazing. This was the best game he might have ever played in his life, and especially from a defensive end. And that, that's not a player who plays that type of football. So this that just shows you that this is something more. This is the next level that we're we're reaching right now because this is not things that happen with just any team. This is the start of a team that's really, really good and has the potential to be great because you can't can't manufacture that. I mean, I'm confident anybody that came in off the bench that game would have done the job because they believe that much and they are so well-prepared. They know exactly what to do and what's expected of them. And when you have a team like that, you can beat anybody. And that's what makes this so special. And that's what makes what's coming next even more special because we have historic opportunity to do something really great with this team.
3: Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Another part is basic communication. Talk to those guys in another exactly way. Take that, them, right like, it's not rocket players. science. Respect them. You know the we, we have remember the pressure that existed. I'm gonna make that quick historical kind of reference before I, I get the mic to the rally or look for you. Remember the pressure that existed before the Georgia game, for the Rush qualifiers and, and the Austria game. I mean, it, the pressure that was on those guys and, and the writing in the media and what the manager was saying. I'm not blaming Muslim for this because he was, it was really his fault, but the pressure that existed there was like, if you know, when you're going to get executed in the middle of the street. I mean, it was just, the why did they win? out scared. I mean, especially the especially
2: the especially the Austria game that I remember yeah. that vividly. and like, I, and again, without sounding like a dick, I, I was there. And knowing that they played in Vienna and they knew that 90% of the crowd was going to be Serbian anyway, it was like playing in Belgrade. And the pressure there was immense on a man who got who got them there and then everybody fiddled in his business. Exactly. I
3: mean, the whole players are going out there. Even the players have attested to it. It's like, wait a minute. We're, we're one point away from one of this thing. What, what What's the rush here? And then everyone's talking about he's going to get sacked. We're not playing well. Yeah, yeah. And you look at this game. Now, again, I understand. You have the playoffs. I get that. That team had the playoffs, too. And here you see guys walking on the beach, they're smiling, they're just talking normally. They're not lazy. You know, People aren't going to make that mistake. It's not that they're not interested or that they're kind of too relaxed or whatever. It's just like, all right, we came here, we know what we have to do. We've done everything in our power to prepare for. We've worked hard, we've trained hard, we've analyzed them well. And it's just a game. You know, it's not the fate of the world is on our shoulders and we got another chance to do this. And we believe in ourselves. Let's just go do it. And he just relaxed them in that way and and did a great job with that i think that's another part it's just basic human psychology uh that's equally important to the tactics but again the way he was able to give me a chance off the bench you know when he wasn't playing or he kept him in the lineup after a lot of missed games the fact that he was giving youngsters a chance a lot of people didn't see the value in that like he wasn't scared to experiment friendly like it's basic communication with people It's basic communication with the players that you have to respect and they obviously respect him because of the history that he has as a player and everything like that but they went the extra mile. And when you listen to the people you have in your coaching staff and everyone else, it just makes it easier. It's just a very tolerant, reasonable, logical approach to things, which has not been seen very often. And on top of that, you have his sporting character. You compare the statement that Dimitri and which made before the Norway game where we're praying to God that we can stop Erling Haaland. <laughs> Here you have, wait a minute, we have to go to the World Cup. There's no way to but like, it's It's refreshing to see somebody Accept his, I don't want to say responsibility, but accept his role and look up to live, live up to that role. It's very rare here in Serbia. It's just not just in sports, but in life. And when you see that, and the players, and I think the media, and I think that the fans are just begging for that. They're surrounded by all that stuff every day. They've seen it on the pitch too many times. When you see somebody like that, who's not scared, who has the chops to back it up, which he showed in the first three games, it's refreshing. And I'm going to end on this point, or what you guys take over. We didn't do the show for five months. And yes, a lot of stuff happened in the meantime with the clubs doing more in Europe and you know there were obviously games that were played and we played well and we could have talked about everything that went on in all those games for an hour and a half to two hours after each match. But it was flagrantly evident from the third game on that this was gonna be the game for all the marbles on Sunday night. Because the team was playing so well, it was so balanced, it was it was accomplishing everything it needed to do, it was hitting all the right notes, and you could see things were gonna go that way that it wasn't like we were gonna add much to the topic, because we were saying what everybody was saying. And that's the biggest testament how well things were run consistently and the fact that he didn't drop its head, he believed in itself and it, it, it aimed for the stars and it wasn't scared to go there. And they were rewarded for it. And it's just wonderful to see somebody with sensible logic and common thinking without any ridiculous phrases. It's not like which he shows up with 15 notes and pages with, you know, various speeches where he's citing Rembrandt and he's citing Philip and all this stuff. It's not like Martin stages who treats players like jackasses and doesn't talk to them. it's just a very sensible common man-to-man approach where you respect him he respects you and they do well. It's, well it's but what I impression. think
2: though, what I think though is like Vixie is aware that we have a few flaws and I think what is very different now is he's the best man to manage those flaws. okay the game against Portugal we all know it was all or nothing right, a draw did no, uh, did no use for us and obviously a loss had no use for us ever. So we, gamb- we, we, we didn't gamble. We made a educated decision to play that way and we got up. But I still think as time goes on, he knows that Nemanja Gudjan and Sasha Lukic are extremely important players in the way that our team plays. And I believe that he would also know that he's not convinced in the position of goalkeeper moving forward, who's our number one. But the thing is that I'm, I am—I am so convinced that he's actually the right man to make those decisions and to value every single one of those players in the squad for the position and the part they have to play in the journey that we need to go um, uh, go on. So that's—that's that's what I find the massive sh- self-assurance.
0: Yeah, and I think whoever he starts, we're all gonna be like, okay, sure, go ahead.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Put, Absolutely. You
0: know, like, how can we argue with anything he, he does, right? If he puts Vanya in goal, sure, man, go ahead. I, I love it. Great job. <laughs> you know. Because and if boys, anything,
2: if anything, I don't think he's got that position in his head hundred percent satisfied yet. Whether it's Vilar yeah. or Vanya or or, uh, or Dimitrovich and all that, but Predrag Rajkovic brother, that beard needs to go. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> all right. been worse like the Again, in like, career. <laughs> like everything, man. The beard, like, dude, you, you, trust me, you're a good-looking chicken and all that type of stuff, but the, you don't need the beard, man. And I reckon it's got a lot to do with that, all right? So <laughs> get rid of the beard, brother. But I reckon our goalkeeper and I reckon if we look for another holding midfielder would, uh, would, um, would um, complement our squad uh, even more than what it has now because we all know, moving forward, we don't have much of a problem. Right, moving forward, we don't have much of a problem. But one of the most impressive things I saw on Monday morning, my time, Sunday morning to Sunday evening to the rest of the world, was how quickly we reacted in transition, especially as moving forward. Because we've spoken about this on the pod many a time, modern football is about quick thinking and reacting in transition. And especially moving forward, our transition play
1: was superb. Yes, that's sir. right. And boys, uh, how how have
0: we haven't we gone into? How are we forty five minutes into the podcast and we haven't even mentioned the living legends Mitrovic and Tanic yet? How's that? How is that right. possible?
3: Uh, this going to go for three hours and I love it. For <laughs> very
2: for very very good reason, we haven't mentioned them. Listen, so we've all seen the Twitter clips of our players um, um, uh, chanting and celebrating in the change rooms, right? We all know now that our footballers are not full-time because they also have a part-time job in the world ab-curling or sit-up competitions, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because put it this way, I haven't seen my wife in a day and a half and everywhere she goes, she takes the phone with her. So, uh, <laughs> I like, like far out, man. Um, uh, that, that's why we haven't seen her because I think that the Serbian women of the world have na- now taken all their um, uh, adulation.
0: Luca, Luca, tell the people a bit about the two absolute legends who have – carried us we're not a qualifying campaign i mean what, what what can you say about two absolute gods basically
1: hey man isn't it beautiful life's poetry that Mitrovic misses that uh penalty against scotland and scores this 90th minute goal and they're what is it like a year apart almost um
3: And he eats a pizza. And he eats a pizza
1: and drinks a Coca-Cola right afterwards, man. That's a real (laughs) man. Just to stick
3: it to Ronaldo. Yeah,
1: that was was awesome. Coca-Cola,
3: yeah, screw you. Have some of that.
1: That was awesome, man. I mean, look.
0: You better get a a brand deal out of that. Come
1: on, man. I know, I know, man. Hey, I I heard that Coca-Cola stock price shot up $5 billion when he did that, dude. So. (laughs) Uh, but, but hey man you know what w- what to say about these guys man i mean they're just the uh the ultimate professionals and 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 not only that but just like there's no controversy surrounding them they they're just a great role model for a young kid to look up to and say i want to be like that there's a perfect perfect uh, example you gave uh Miloš, where you said look they're not the kids playing on the playground are trying to be like mitrovic and not like some like messi or ronaldo like that that is, that is fucking beautiful, excuse my language, but you just, like, that's that's what you want as a footballer, and my goodness, if those two guys don't deserve it, I don't know who does.
0: Absolutely, two of the best players, We confidently, I can confidently say this now, they're two two of the best players who ever played for our country, bar none, without any, any doubt, any, any argument or anything, I mean, just... Just uh, hopefully they're able to achieve something at a major tournament because they really deserve it, and it's amazing that our younger players like Velikovic and all those guys, Pavlovic, SMS, uh, those guys have role models like that on the team to look up to. The big thing that the big thing that Mitrovic and um, Tadić did, I
2: reckon, they made very wise career choices about where they play. Like so, Tadić went back to Holland. He went back to Holland and where you play for Ajax Amsterdam, I've been lucky enough to see two games of Ajax in their um, uh, in their stadium. It's like an Ajax supporter goes, watches the theatre. Do you know what I mean? So uh, Tadic is now an obvious artist. He's an orchestrator. He's a ringleader. Um, and so I believe he went to a league whereby it was going to um, prolong his playing life. And so all credit goes to him. While well, Arthur Mitrovic, listen, there's absolutely like nemasrama yeah, da onigra in the championship level in England
1: because fuck we, rec-
2: we all know that I reckon that would be in the top six, six leagues in
0: Europe. Six best right? leagues in Europe, of- yeah. Do you know
2: what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it would be huge. And neck and
0: neck with the French league with PSG. Absolute, <laughs> PSG.
2: Yeah, and like, and, and, and he's the type of player. He's not going to weigh eighty three kilos. He's just not that type. Right, so we've got to celebrate what the he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if he plays in the championship, and let's face it, the championship, English Championship plays more games than the NBA. He needs that type of um, he needs that type of um, uh, competition where he's playing week in, week out, chucking about two thousand midweek uh, fixtures. So his thing is on the field rather than the gym or the training packet, uh, training um, training picture, and heaven forbid the dietitian. Right? So, um, uh, the, I reckon that those two have made very wise green
0: choices.
1: Oh, for sure, really. And He, and it,
0: he, he it, deserved he deserved that goal so much as well.
1: Oh.
3: Absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. The whole approach, the whole qualifiers. I mean, he, has, he has no, you know, every game, the dude's going out there, he can elbow, he can beat up. And, and his quality, I mean, the dude has 44 goals in 68 games or whatever it is, and three penalties score, like... You name me a striker uh, for anybody. Like Evandowski doesn't do that. And although he doesn't have that type of a record, yeah, he's scored the most goals. Look at the games he's playing. Look at the penalties he scored. The amount of big goals he scored. And I mean, it's it's just incredible. And the way that he was able to rebound from that shows the the character that he has and just how selfless he is. It, it, look, you don't want to make role models out of people, and you don't want to idolize them and canonize them. This dude just. Goes in and finds a way to get things done and you see how much it matters to him. You see how much he cares for, him. you see the joy he plays with. It's like, I can't love this dude. Like I saw some tweets about how look how he's celebrating, you know, he's going out there in, in you know, his, his underpants or whatever, and he's going out there in sandals. Like, hell yeah, he should go out there and do that. He's earned it. Like he, he's had the, the weight of the world on his shoulder for a while. He's dragged his team for years. I just
2: see other people cut up the Alexa, and, and we all know that he put the flag over himself because Proma kills us all. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. So, Nekka the Nekita boys, Some of them want to know you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, back, the back's always the, the tough part. Uh, and as, far as, as far as as far as far cottage goes,
3: I mean, this dude is a genius. Uh, what he was able to do on the pitch that night, he was a man of the match, goal and an assist, the way he was getting into the half spaces, the way he was controlling the ball, the complete calmness which he played and he's getting two three guys on his back and he's just holding it off and his, his crosses the accuracy in which he showed it's it's their talent is what what pushes them to a high level but it's their approach that pushes them to a high level you know it, it, it's the fact that they were not satisfied when they were winning 3-1 against luxembourg or, or you know however much they were winning against azerbaijan they're not satisfied the ball goes out for a corner they didn't score high. Let's well what
0: back. about qatar yeah. I guess qatar wasn't satisfied He's summoning all the good good players just to batter him some more. Yeah, great winning mentality.
2: Gentlemen, you know, being the elder statesman in this group as well, and going to uh, Mitrovic's national team goal-scoring record, and I am, as I said, the elder statesman here. I don't remember Serbia ever being drawn in a group with San Marino or Andorra or Liechtenstein or something like that. No, he's never he's never had that. Well, not since not
0: in not in like this generation. No, I I remember absolutely 2000 for the 2006 World Cup I think we had San Marino when yesterday we scored all
3: the all the bottom dweller teams apart from the Pharaohs in 2010 let's say in his era 2014 you, you don't have that you have Armenia is your worst team in Armenia just until the last match in these qualifiers yeah that we in it absolutely 20 2018 the, the worst team is Moldova a team that not points off in Georgia that took points off everybody beats Spain in a friendly 2020 yeah, you have you know Lithuania, which you played a bunch of times, and, and yeah, Luxembourg, but never Luxembourg
0: get, We never get Gibraltar, we never get Andorra, yeah, we, never I mean. get Lichtenstein, Lichtenstein. we never get those.
3: We, we never get the ten nothing teams, you know. Not to mention that he he has only three penalties score. You know, you understand how hard it is to score that many goals and mm-hmm. not take penalties? Like, yeah. and, and when you're getting beat certain. up the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. We're struggling for words because like all the four of us are trying to think, there is nothing to say.
2: Dude, so this is absolute, where you sound like an old shoot. man and say, someone across that is, drunk. that's, that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> between, now, between now and the end of next year and then for the rest of his life, well, obviously, but between now and the next summer, they are, they And the happiness that we all have is just it, when
3: you see hardworking people, like he is, because he's not, you know, obviously he's talented and, he, and he's smart and he, you know, but when you see how much he cares and just when really he wheels the ball into the goal, like that header, not to mention the skill that he had, because it's hard to head the ball down into the corner with power the way he did, but the way he just, two guys on his shirt, he just brushes them off like nothing. He just gets to that ball. The second goal, is courting a style, and then, Three guys are on. He just wants to get there. You see guys, they see have it or they don't, find a way to get things done. It makes you happy for them. And when you see how he celebrates and when you see how he kind of cares, it makes it all the better. And... It's, it's, he deserves like 10 minutes of the show. I know that people are going to say, you're, you know, this guy, hey, you're not going to this guy. but.
0: Hey, Alexa. if uh, Mitro keeps uh, adding up all these uh, goal bonuses at Fulham, I think Tony Khan's going to have to sell AEW to WWE and Vince McMahon, eh? <laughs> uh,
3: he's, he's coming in for the title. He's, he's got the main event. I'd like to see that. Uh, you know what you want. It. So, uh, yeah. but Again, very quickly as well, I mean, we've still got time all the guys over there i mean not to discredit anybody i mean they're good yeah he lost the ball for that goal but he's been covering seven or eight positions in this team there's been a revelation, I mean, a revelation he's about. so important he's anybody so that watches important. him can see how different how first of all how many positions he can play second of all how smart he is defensively third of all the technical quality he possesses in fact he's a good guy who's not scared to go into any position you look at the value of paulovic and melancholych who were battered in the home game against portugal come back they're pressing they don't care about Cancelo or shelter Ronaldo, There's no fear in those guys. Absolutely no fear and no respect. And they're winning tackles, They're winning headers in the air. And look at how much Zhukovic was able to force Mendes not to get over the halfway line, whereas he's never known as a defensive player. And yeah, he doesn't have the pace he used. To. He doesn't have the, this, this, I guess the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the, the, the boost through the way he used to when he was in Partizan, but he still has the defensive solidity, He still has the tactical chop. You look at Vlachovic and how my God, how that good. That's good. Oh, he was a
1: problem, he, dude. He we have don't have even been. give Vlachovic. He didn't score, obviously, but we don't give him enough credit, man. He was a problem. I mean, that that first Tadic goal was Vlachovic. Fifty percent of that was his goal. He like took away Absolutely. two defenders, went after the ball. he bounced in somebody's path, and then they passed it to Tadic. But yeah, man, like he was a problem. They they didn't really didn't have an answer. And let's not forget, he also hit the post and almost scored as well. Exactly. it's,
3: it's, it's like the Michael, like the Michael Owen factor when he broke through in England. People say we're terrified. It seems openly said, like. You imagine the defenders and Jose Fontaine, all those guys, they see him running a sprint, or they see him get the ball in the box, they're petrified. It. And you can tell through the first minute on. Look at how much Kostich ran, the way he covered the entire length of that sideline oh, yeah. and looked like he just got into the game. Sasha Lukic, we already mentioned how great he was. The guys that came off the bench, all the guys in the qualified, like Saviva Nielich and, and Gaich and other players that were given a chance, Philip Jurekic, he played out of position as a right wing-back and didn't look bad while doing it. The uh, to have this much depth, because we've got 18, 19 very good players that can hop in at any time. And we can play different styles. Like If we need to take the game to an opponent, we can do that. Even though this team is primarily set up for counter-attacking style, which we've seen many times, we can do that. If we need to beat you up with long ball, smash-mouth ball, we certainly can do that. And if we need to play tiki-taka, in a way, we can do that. Because that first goal Definitely. was essentially that. The ball, Lukic carries it, gets it to Kostic, back to Valkovich, to Lukic, to Dadić, to this guy to that guy goes to how did she scored like 70 passes in that move and that's the versatility of this team in a positional sense in a tactical sense it's it's unbelievable very few teams have that luxury that they can play in different styles and they have as much depth as we do and they can score good goals we've scored i don't know how many 15 16 goals Milo shoot did the 20 18, uh, 18, uh, of the 18 baby. of the 18 at least half of them were beautiful At least half of them were amazing. Like, the goal that that was scored against Portugal, I think, was the best goal, the second one, in the history of the national team that I've ever seen. All the other goals, like...
1: And what about Mitrovic's chip? We even forget about that one in the first game against Ireland. I mean, that that, was a fucking world-class goal.
3: To see how well they played, and to see how well, and how sexy the football is. And you know it's hard in international football because you're not with guys. You know, you have very few times where you can meet up and you can actively work on stuff in the training ground. They look like they played together for 15 years. Like to do that much in such a short period of time, it's 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 marvelous. Like we're running out of things to say, and then we could do this show for another four hours and we'd still be talking.
0: Alex, so I, I love that stuff. you, uh, Alex. I love that you mentioned that they were they weren't scared and there was no fear. I know some people, you know, were a bit negative when uh, language took that shot from distance, or when uh, published, tried to do that turn on the sideline. Oh yeah, uh, but but that just shows they're not scared. I mean they had no fear. Like, sure, let me let me let me let me peg this in. Let me try this turn. Like it, they did not freeze in the moment. I mean, they
3: that's the Maybe
0: it was the wrong decision at the time. Maybe that move didn't turn out the way it was, but they didn't hesitate. They just did it. And that's why, I mean, you just see a different level of confidence, and that's the key to this team. No fear, not scared, and they
3: know exactly what they want. Pixie very much said, when you play against great players, that's not something the other guy said. When you play against great players, you tend to play passive and you tend to give them freedom. These guys go in and they just, yeah, all right, so what? I'm back. I'm going to be here next time. Yeah, I took a shot from 30 yards and went into a i I'm going to take it again and I'm going to do it again. You know, it's, it's that consistency. It's that that type of mentality where they keep going, they keep going, they keep pressing. Whereas teams in the past have fallen apart. If the first 20 minutes, it doesn't go their way. Remember the Scotland game, first 10 minutes, doesn't go
1: away, we don't exist until the 80th minute. Oh God, uh, Alexa, here, Alexa I, I mean, in the past, in, after the second minute of that, that goal that they scored, I mean, that would have been a 4-0 victory for Portugal, dude.
3: Who had
0: a red card right after. Yeah, exactly. One thing well, I think is just... going
2: to be massively evident as well next year is, I don't think that Dragan Stojkovic is going to take the Nations League lightly either. Oh no! I, no think, I think I think he's going to really plan for that as well. That that set of games in in June, um, yeah, he, he might experiment a little bit more with the friendly games that he has, just like in the same attitude he had with the guitar with the two Qatar fixtures. But I reckon he is really going to take the Nations League seriously and to put us in the best possible position should anything happen. Because Nedo Bajic, but you know, we can get injuries and suspensions and things like that. I reckon he wants to put the national team in the best possible position that he can in every competitive match that we play.
1: For sure, man, and and that's also about building that winning mentality, right? You can't just be Absolutely. passive about some games and and and, and not others. It's like it, it's consistency that builds that winning mentality. And 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 he's shown. I mean, just like against Qatar here, when he was like, you know, two zero, obviously we're gonna win, and he just throws on like our starters. So like, you just want to see that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's it's the best <laughs> I, I think we all agree that we are extremely happy extremely proud extremely thrilled and extremely excited for what is coming next i mean uh, i we're all going to be smiling until qatar there's nothing that can ruin our mood other than you know <laughs> let's okay let's not jinx yeah look, don't jinx that, it but, dude, <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think uh for for today i, I think we probably covered everything unless you guys have something else to add before we uh, before we say One goodbye. One last like question here.
3: before we finish it. Who was the man of the match for you guys? That's all I want to know. Um for me, I think
0: um, well first I'll give a shout out to SMS. Sergey. again I, I don't think we mentioned him much today, but he's been fantastic the entire qualifying campaign. He was Tremendous defensively, again.
3: which was a huge yeah. question mark against him. How is he gonna pair against the He was a tremendous a defensive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was amazing against Portugal. But I think man of the match for me was Tadic. Just the just uh made everything happen. Portuguese Michigan had no answer for him. He's always dangerous. You knew if they kept giving him those crossing chances, he was going to right, catch eventually. them and he did at the eventually, end. Man. I mean, we had how many corners we had like thirteen corners. You can't give Tadić thirteen corners no, and thirty chances to cross the ball in. Come on, man. You're just asking to get punished. Right. And that's what happened. He's so good. He's unbelievable. He's actually he's a world he became a world class player in this in his thirties. And that's a rare thing that not many people can say. And oh, so apart from the
3: manager of this team.
0: Yeah. I was yeah. also I
2: what, um uh, Philip Kostic was no slouch on Sunday night either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like um I think he I think he's uh, he had a very, very important role to play, and I I thought he was no slouch either. Uh
1: for me, I, I already mentioned him, but it would have to be Pavlovich, man. I was just super impressed by him. I mean, he gave me energy watching the game uh, right there, you know, through the screen. So I can only imagine what he did for his teammates on the pitch. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal defensive display.
3: Well, My pick, like I said, it's got to be Lukic because I didn't expect him to do that well. I was actually hoping Grealish would start, but he absolutely shoved it back in my face. And then not only that, but Nikola Milankovic after the disaster he had against Portugal and the very bad finish of the game in Thailand. One, at least three one-way-one tackles. Passed the ball comfortably. Getting as forward as, as Pollock was. Pressing in their half, a threat during the corners. Not scared of their pressure at all. Absolutely sensational. As Coming back from an injury as well, mind you, because he was out for two or three games before that. So, it, it, two guys, again, another part of this team. Working hard to overcome their failures of the pack back up again.
1: Hey, hey, uh, one, one, one final question before we wrap it up. On that final play in the ninety-fourth minute when uh they had a, Portugal had a breakaway and it looked like they were gonna you know, they got past it they had like it was like three on one and then Pavlovich cleared that ball and you were like, Thank God, tell me you guys weren't holding your breath on that play. Oh I'm
3: shooting <laughs> up. I'm not up gonna lie. I was <laughs> like, oh fuck. Still well, what do you mean, what do you, you mean holding? I skipped about five. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I was still in shock because I I thought the ball did decide sign. Oh, anybody. me
1: I too, know, man. Yeah. I'm, sure.
3: I'm rolling my ankle. I'm rolling all over the place. Even my parents, you don't know, give a crap about you know football. They're they're jumping and we're high fiving and, and the whole place erupted. I mean, there were flares, and gunshots. That went off after <laughs> the final whistle. I mean, you can't like this. Stuff. That's why you play. And it's, it's this is it's it. This amazing.
0: is amazing. This is this is what we live for. This is why we endured Estonia, Armenia. Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, Finland, uh, Macedonia, all those, all those. Thousands
2: of dollars to get there. Fuck me. (laughs) Exactly. Money was
1: kind
2: No, Miloshev. I just, you know, at the end, I'd love to do a shout out, buddy. So um, this is live radio. So um, uh,
3: talk about cutting everyone off. Sorry, man. (laughs) Go, Alex. No, very quickly, just to to make a point. I don't even know what I was going to say, man. I'm just so happy, just looking back at all this stuff, man. It's just I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I'm just I'm looking at the draws, and I'm thinking about the whole game, and it's just it's amazing. But uh, once again, very quickly, before I, I ended, and I give you guys more all the shout out to our players and uh, a message to Ronaldo. Tough luck, maybe next time, but
0: Cheers, <laughs> and yeah, and let's just say all all the heartbreak, all the failures, all the bullshit that we dealt with for the last ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. For that one moment, that goal, that feeling after, the feeling that we have right now, the feeling that we'll have for a long time—it was worth it. <laughs> of course, we wish things went differently, and you know, we weren't so inconsistent, and we didn't go through all this bullshit. But we did, and at the end, we got rewarded for it finally, and that's why it feels so good. And we're gonna get rewarded for it in the future. Mark my words.
1: That's right, guys. Hey, what's guys, in, the, what's in can... the past does not matter. Let's just think about guys, it.
0: Guys, if I can.
2: Um... One, one, uh, one shout-out. I won't be talking about um, Serbian football teams in, in Australia. We could do that in later pods. Uh, yeah, we should out. do that in later
3: pods. The boys have done very well, mind you. I Absolutely, but
2: we'll do we'll do that in another pod. Um, yeah, quick shout-out again to all our listeners in Sydney and Melbourne in Australia who had to, for some reason that we'll never understand, live through horrible lockdowns. Um, always a massive shout-out to our listeners, but my biggest shout-out is to you three. One year and one week ago, we sat in real shock and in real sorrow, and we were passionate and we were angry. We <coughs> were disgusted. We were disgusted um, about what what happened to us. And I remember saying that, and we can look it up on the tapes, you know, of old uh, of old um, uh, the old pod after the Scotland um, penalty loss. It was a, It is a great honour and uh, privilege to do this pod with you guys, um, Millershire. We all know that you're going into some even exciting news in your life, and we always wish you wish you well. Luca, we know that the United States of America and only has fifty one states now because you purchased Miami not long ago. Right. And, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Alexa, mate, your knowledge is just insane. It is a uh, honour and privilege to do this podcast with you guys. To all of our listeners, a massive shout-out. We're going to get bigger and better, and we're going to be more frequent. We've got a lot to look forward to, so tell your friends about the pod. Tell your friends about um, the Serbian Forty Twitter account. Get on board, and, mate, let's all have a lot of fun together.
0: Luca, great words, buddy. Hey,
1: man, how 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 the hell am I supposed to top that, dude? Look... (laughs) (laughs) Look, man, no, obviously, Valley Sentiments, right back to you, dude. Always a pleasure with you guys. Um, it's obviously a lot better when we win and we have this euphoria than, than when we're in the dumps. But all that suffering, it made it worth it, man. And um, I'll, I'll leave it with this. When Bernardo Silva goes uh, on Portuguese uh, TV and gives an interview and says there was not 10 minutes, there was not a 10-minute spelling that game that we were better than Serbia, that's how you know you dominated the game.
0: That's right, buddy. And to, uh, the feeling is unbelievable. It's unreal, and we never want to go away. We thank just God. And to close it up, that's are fucking lately Fuck yeah, boy. So, we, no we got some we got some extra here as well, just to top
2: it off. Nothing really be better.
0: See, so, <laughs> so boys.